Hi, I'm Chris McBrien, a Gen Xer, and the pop culture from my generation is awesome. And I'm Yance Eaton, a millennial, and the pop culture from my generation is dope. Episode 75, Superhero Movies. Chris McBride here, along with Yancey Eaton, it's Pop Goes Your World. Yancey, what's going Chris. on, my friend? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, How's things in Florida? Nice and warm? It's extremely warm. It's we're, we're already into the, it's raining every single day and sometimes multiple days on end. I'm starting to have uh, like Vietnam flashbacks of last year's whole hurricane debacle with Hurricane Irma and uh, my wife and I tomorrow are, are we're going and already getting our, all of our hurricane supplies and stuff super early before hurricane season even officially starts and, you know, spending, you know, a lot of money on a really nice generator and making sure we have extra sandbags and just stocking up the, the shed and uh, all, all these things are kind of panic inducing and you, you kind of brush them off when you're younger. But whenever you become a homeowner and you realize that other people depend on you uh, in many, many ways financially and just, you know, and safety and all these things like you you really look at stuff completely different so like i used to uh i used to joke about you know people who were so kind of weird about this you know especially older people who you know they would go to like all these you know hurricane seminars and and you know just outrageous like as soon as hurricane season starts they're loading up on bottled water and stuff but with age i i start to understand that there's a lot of wisdom in that as the earlier you can get this stuff and avoid all of the uh the panic and the turmoil that comes associated with it i think the better off you are but uh so the Man. the humidity is here the 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 weekly uh you know torrential downpours the the daily afternoon showers that's all here um it's it's florida it's it's terrible this the state is awful and uh <laughs> if you guys live here if you lived here long enough you know what i'm talking about it gets genuinely awful but uh what, what's doing with you chris well you, you know what you need to do and if you're worried about the hurricanes and stuff just move to canada come and live in canada with me yancy i'm telling you right True. now i'm extending it out to True. you you know even though uh you don't want to trade with us apparently uh but you can come and move up here so you know you could do that you know i was i was reading an article the other day chris and they were talking about how the number one uh animal or i'm sorry how do i phrase this the animal that has killed the most humans in north america over the last 25 years do you care to guess what it is um i don't know what is it it's the moose okay and i, I know maybe you don't have a ton of them in your neck of the woods no. but i that's that's a, a pretty even trade-off as far as i'm concerned between hurricanes and you guys have moose you guys have snow i have to worry about frostbite i have to shovel my snow which i've never even seen snow i don't want to do that like um you know it's not it's not exactly paradise up there from what you've described Jeez, to me it, like uh, yeah you're worried about moose okay <laughs> listen I, I hate to break this out so we don't live in igloos moose do not walk around uh, you know on the streets and we don't just eat pemmican all day there's a big difference i mean have you ever i live in a city of 150,000 people for crying out loud have you ever been have you ever seen pictures of downtown toronto Oh, it looks like New York City for crying out loud. I mean, come on, people thinking Canada. Jeez, you, you young kids. So, um, what's you? You got to move up here, though. It's really nice. Really, I'm telling you. And and not only do we not have, we don't have hurricanes. We've got universal health care. There's no demagogues. I'm telling you, this place is for you. You would like it here. But uh, that being said, um, one thing that's been going on in my life, my son uh, had a birthday. He turned nine. So I said, hey, what do you want to do for your birthday? So he said, you know, the new Star Wars movie is out. Solo is out. So, Daddy, what I want to do is I want to have a party with my friends, and we're all going to go and watch the movie Solo. 
So I contact the movie theater and they normally run birthday parties at the movie theater, right? You can go there and like, they have like pizza party and stuff and then the kids all go in and watch the movie. And uh, they said for Solo, because it's a Star Wars movie, they're not running parties. I guess it's too popular or whatever. So they just don't run parties for, you know, Star Wars movies or popular movies or whatever. So I said, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So I just went online and I just bought a bunch of tickets. And the cool thing is, is you could designate your seats in the theater. So like I picked a row and we're all together. So we know where our seats are. We don't have to worry about it. We all get to sit together. And uh, so I took them up and uh, we all got to watch Solo. Have you seen Solo yet? Uh, we always talk about I- Star Wars on this sh- on this show. So have you seen Solo? I haven't. Uh, the initial plan was to see it uh, last week. I had some stuff come up. Um, hopefully Tuesday or Wednesday I'm going to see it. Maybe we can even do a show on it at some point. But um, itching pretty yeah. bad to see it. Some of the mixed yeah. reviews. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to stay away from that stuff and you know, spoilers and and the trailers and stuff. But. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I hope you liked it, but I guess we could save that. For yeah, time. maybe what we'll do is uh, if you get a chance to watch it, we'll do because we've done pretty much everything related to Star Wars on the show. So when you get a chance to watch it, we'll do a show on it. The only thing I will say is this, is that somebody asked me, they said, do you think that maybe they should stop making Star Wars movies now? And my, re- you want to know my response to that is they should have stopped making Star Wars movies in 1983. That's my answer. That's fired. <laughs> I mean, you know me. I've been saying that all along. But anyway, uh, let's get started with tonight, okay? I don't get excited about seeing a girl topless in a movie. Oh, no, she was going to make a pot for me. Oh, my God. Breasts are terrible. Women's bodies are disgusting. What school do you go to? You know, this is the culture that I'm, I've grown up in now where I'm more aware of. What was acceptable at the time and what people laughed at is different than what they laugh at now. That makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Mm-hmm. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Like, I don't personally get offended by anything. We are going to die. I hate to sound like the morality police or anything like that, but... Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Okay, so we decided we were going to take a look at superhero movies. And unlike a lot of our normal formatting that we do on the show, when we do a topic like this, we'll run down like a top five list. You know, and we'll go back and forth. We'll say, you know, my my number five movie is this, my number four movie. We'll work our way up. We decided to do something a little bit different and just have a sort of a bit of a freeform conversation this week. Because, and I think this week is going to be an interesting one because I think you're going to be doing a lot of talking this week, Yancy, because um, when it comes to Gen X, there's really no superhero movies to speak of. I mean, like there's there there's there's one. You know, in 1978, Superman came out, right, with Christopher Reeve. That's pretty much it until 1989 when Batman came out. When Tim Burton came out with Batman. Other than that, there was no superhero movies. They just didn't exist. And the thing is, and kind of the one of the reasons why we decided to look at this as a topic is, I've just noticed this sort of just this plethora of superhero movies that are coming out in the millennial generation. Like every time I turn around, there's another one and another one and another one. And to me, you know me, I'm the grumpy old man that yells, get off my lawn. Um, For me, it just seems like they're just all molding together into one movie that just keeps on going and going. And I can't discern one from the other or this or that. There's no originality in it. It's just all made for money. That's mm-hmm. kind of my take on it. But um, so you're the millennial. You've grown up with superhero movies. They're a real big part of the zeitgeist for you, right? I mean, it's a big part of pop culture. So I don't mm-hmm. know what your take is on it, but I'll, I'll let you kind of get things rolling in terms of talking about superhero movies. I don't know if you're a huge fan of them or not. I don't know. That's not really the point here. But the point is, I'd like to get to the bottom of why do they exist or why do they keep going? Is it just money? I mean, what's your take on superhero films? So I think you and I actually, we probably align a little bit more than um, you would 
you would realize. Uh, first more, off, we, like so we, we, al- we align a little bit more on this topic than we do on pretty much every single other topic. On every, literally oh, every other yeah, thing. Okay, yes. Nice. Um, so just as a Mia Coppola right at the top of the show, we really should have had Caveman on for this show. I think um, he's going to be listening to this and giving himself an aneurysm just listening to us uh, <laughs> kind of go back and point. forth about comics and stuff. But That's a good point. Um, so my relationship with comics, Chris, I know you've talked about before, like you've taken your sons and, um, you know, you let them pick out comic book movies and you kind of grew up with comic books a little bit. I didn't have that relationship with comics at all. OK, um, I didn't grow up with them. I never owned any. I didn't have family members that did uh, with the exception of one of my cousins. Uh, he still kind of collects comic books, but that's never really something that I grew up in. And it made me kind of think about just how how critical uh, your upbringing is. I'm not saying that I was deprived because my parents weren't into comic books. You know, there's a million other things that they introduced me to, but um, it really is interesting, like how much influence your parents can have on you from an early age. And if that's something you're just introduced to, you're just, you just don't get into it really oftentimes like you don't find things one lone exception for me would be baseball for instance um none of my family i've told you this before has any interest in baseball whatsoever never talked about it never watched it um i don't think we may have gone to one or two minor league games uh you know like on a whim when i was a child but i never played in little league i never played in middle school high school nothing like that and i found baseball as an adult and over the last couple years i became completely obsessed with it on my own um you know with comic book movies it was never really something that i was super interested you know i thought like maybe spider-man was cool but i wasn't really into any of these comic book franchises i wasn't the guy that was you know uh anticipating all these movies coming out and i definitely agree with what you're saying about how it there's just so many movies now where it seems like a vast majority of the the big blockbuster movie releases that you see coming out are all comic book related they're all super book you know superhero movies and i'm me as somebody who's not super into that and i have friends and coworkers who are I get such fatigue with this where like I used to feel like, okay, um, Iron Man 2 is coming out. I saw Iron Man 1. So, um, you know, I have to make sure that I go back and watch the movie. And then, I, you know, I'm obviously I'm going to be up to date with Iron Man 2 so I can talk about it with all my friends now. And it's gotten to a point where if I'm not catching a big comic book movie or, you know, a new release or something, I'm kind of OK with it. Black Panther, for instance, uh, came out this year and it was one of the more critically acclaimed comic book movies of the last, you know, half dozen years or so. And, you know, it was talked about for a couple of weeks and then it kind of, you know, fell into the ether and nobody really talks about it anymore. I mean, just this year, we we had Black Panther. We had Avengers Affinity War. I'm kind of reading this off of uh, the list right here. Deadpool 2 just came out. Ant-Man and the Wasp was scheduled to come out later this year. Uh, we have Aquaman coming out, like all these different characters, these little one offs. And um, there's just there's too much to follow. And I do think you, you kind of touched on this a little bit, Chris. It is a little bit of a money grab. It's actually a lot of a money grab. Um, a lot of these films, I feel like personally, and even I think Caveman, somebody who loves these films, um, can kind of back me up on is um, it's it's really hard to gauge if it's going to be a legitimate movie with a ton of resources put behind it as far as the production quality, the casting, uh, the script writing. You don't know if it's going to be a classic. And I think even you'll admit, like like The Dark Knight, for instance, that's one of the best comic book movies of all time, one of the best superhero movies ever made. It is a genuinely good movie from top to bottom. Um, however, then you have movies that are complete throwaways that the production companies are just using that likeness um, and putting very little intellectual property behind it, very little uh, you know, actual resources. And they make these throwaway movies knowing that they do have such an avid fan base that people are going to come out and support them. So I know I'm kind of like throwing out like multiple things at once, but I think as a whole, Chris, like I as somebody who never grew up with comic book movies, I don't have an intimate relationship with them. And now just seeing this this onslaught, this constant barrage of comic book movies, 
and uh, you know these universe building and every movie is just like a setup to another movie where there's multiple characters and creating this universe where somehow everybody is intertwined and you can build spinoffs and different characters and these groups of superheroes and these groups and it's just too much for me to follow and I'm I, honestly it's become exhaustive to me I, I don't know how to segue back to you but this is how we'll segue back. Congratulations. I agree with you. Okay, so the one thing, the big takeaway from what you said for me is it's all too much. It's yeah. all too much. It's uh, Avengers and Avengers Infinity War and it's Marvel and it's Civil War and it's this and it's that. And it's like, I just don't know. They just all blend together into one and I just don't understand it. Now, going back to the thing you mentioned about comic books. Yes, I did kind of grow up with comic books. But the interesting thing is, and maybe this has something to do with it. Like maybe if I, if you grow up with comic books and you love the superheroes in the comic books, then I guess you take to these movies a bit more. But the thing is, as much as I did like comic books when I was a kid, I liked comic books that were based on movies. So, like, I loved reading Star Wars, the comic version, and, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the comic version, loved all that stuff. But when it came to comics themselves, I never liked the superhero stuff. Like, I never read X-Men or Spider-Man or Superman or any of that stuff. I didn't. And I know know this is going to – you're going to think I'm a total, you know, idiot and, you know, I'm going to get tweets and stuff about how I'm such a nerd. But I like, like, the funny stuff. I've always been a – I've always enjoyed comedy, so I, I like the funny stuff. When I was a kid, I liked reading Richie Rich and Archie, and I liked all the funny ones. That's what I was into. I didn't read any of the other stuff, and I don't think mm-hmm. I'm the only one because when I took my son to my, – so my son's into it as well because, you know, he likes you know what I've kind of introduced him to. So he likes reading Richie Rich and Archie and all the fun stuff, and when I took him down to Fan Expo – we went and we were walking around and we're talking to all these big comic vendors, right? And my son's like, do you have any Richie Riches? And the guy, like this guy is like running like the biggest comic book thing that's at the expo. It's huge, right? And my son walks up to the guy and goes, do you have Richie Rich? And he looks at him and he kind of looks around like he's like, man, don't, you don't say that. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's like verboten. You know what I mean? Like you're here for, for the superheroes, right? And so then he looks at him and he goes, come here. And I, and he gets and pulls him over. And I thought, oh, he's going to like almost chide him for like, don't mention Richie Rich around here. That's, you know, bad, right? He's like, come here, come here. He reaches under the table and he pulls out a Richie Rich and he hands it to my son. He goes, I got one. You can have it for free on one condition. Don't tell anybody. Richie Rich was my favorite when I was a kid, too. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, that's so awesome. So we're not the only ones. See, there's there's some of those, uh, those kind of comic nerds like me out there. So, yeah. So you mentioned that I like comic books and therefore would like – but I didn't like those kind of comic books. Go figure. So – You know what's interesting, Chris? What's you, you actually uh, – I don't even know if you remember this. We've done so many of these podcasts at this point. But uh, we had – we had a little bit of a debate, which I know is huge for us. That doesn't happen either. Never. Um, we had a debate many, many episodes ago, dozens of episodes ago, and we were talking about movie soundtracks. And yes, um, I, I mentioned that. I mentioned the Interstellar soundtrack, right? Yes. And you said, that's not a soundtrack. That's a score. Yes. Because there was no singing wrong. in it. Yep. Yeah. You weren't wrong. And I was like, you know what, Chris? I'm like – before you said that, I never even really considered the fact that there were two differences between those. And like what you were just talking about with Archie versus like actual superhero hero movies, I never even made the distinction that, yeah, there's comics, but that doesn't mean all comics are superhero movies. That nope. shows you I have such a yep. just such a uh, – basic you know entry level understanding of comics as a whole despite the fact that there's there's such a huge genre and it's such a big built-in world with an avid fan base that i that that's never even in a 
something that I thought about. You know what I mean? It's not something that I'm consciously aware of. Like, where are all the Archie movies? Like, I know that there's a spinoff on Netflix right now. It's it's called Riverdale. It's it's from like it's based on it's it's live action. It's I watched a couple episodes. It's okay, but um, there's not that that um, market demand uh, apparently for those types of old school comics nope, that nope. weren't superhero movies. You just see these superhero movies, and um, I, I will say like this kind of feels this kind of feels like Bitcoin. This kind of feels like um, the real estate bubble in you know 2007 it kind of feels like this is going to be so much oversaturation that um you're going to see the market kind of pull back a little bit you know what i mean i think you're going to see um as like like i mentioned before like movies like an aquabat or ant-man 2 movies where these characters aren't as compelling as standalone characters um as maybe the um you know, these marketing companies or these uh, studios want to believe, uh, you, you're going to see some flops. You're going to see some Waterworld 2.0s kind of come out and, you know, cost these studios tons of money. And maybe we'll start seeing like a, a gradual like rescindance of all of these movies and maybe less franchises and actual more um, resources put behind the, the few bigger characters that they do. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for movies or not. Like, I, I don't know if the answer is ever, let's just have less of something or let's just completely kill things. I like having choices and options but um man i would really love to see more blockbusters put into something that's a little bit more um i don't know i i sound like such a snob and this is somebody that doesn't understand comics as a lot of other people do and i know i know k-man's gonna get on us but i don't see um in many of these comic book movies that i do go see i don't see um anything really original or new or what are they trying to say from a societal standpoint there are exceptions like i thought um like wonder woman for instance that was a pretty positive message it was nice to see like a strong female lead who doesn't find all of her validation in uh the admiration of a man you know she does not need a man's help to come in and save her like we've even seen that with some animated movies like frozen where the you know there there is no um they're simply looking for a like a boyfriend or a husband or somebody to come save them. You know what I mean? There's not that, you know, heroin, damsel in distress kind of thing. Um, but there's no, like, huge, like, uh, cultural push. There's nothing really original that a lot of these things are trying to say. It's just, here's this new character, and uh, we're going to put some Easter eggs in here, and we're going to tie his one standalone movie into, uh, you know, the the league of all these other ones or, you know, infinity war. And then we're going to, we're going to have a couple standalone Iron Man movies and we're going to make you care about captain America now because oh, we're, we're going to give wonder woman just one movie so that we can introduce her as a character. So it makes sense whenever she's in justice league. And like, it's just so much to me. And like, I, I don't really understand what all these movies as standalones are trying to really say, you know what I mean? Like there's, they're, they're not really pushing the envelope in any way. They're just introducing characters and selling merchandise. And um, we're going to have to do like a, an addendum to this. We're going to have to do like a second episode at some point and have Cayman on to kind of like discuss this because um, it sounds like I'm taking shots at like a huge swath of the population that loves this stuff. But um, as an outsider who was never uh, raised with this, I just I just don't see what all the fanfare is about with most of these movies. There are exceptions. Guardians of the Galaxy is phenomenal. The first Deadpool was amazing. You know, I can't wait to see the second one. But I found myself really, um, uh, really disenfranchised with a lot of these comic book movies. Chris, what do you think? Uh, so a couple of things that uh, you mentioned, uh, how there's a plethora of this stuff and an oversaturation. Um, and, and we see that on, in, with millennial stuff other than just superhero movies. It's like, and this is going to hit a nerve, but like Pokemon is like that to me. It's just like an oversaturation of this stuff. And then when Pokemon Go came out, it went like crazy. And now it's like gone. But uh, anyway, sorry if I hit a nerve with you on that one. Um, so here's my, <laughs> here's, my no, here's my big takeaway, okay? Is the biggest difference between Generation X and Millennials when it comes to this kind of stuff is that the Millennial generation, and that's you, Yancey, you guys are obsessed 
with the origin story. And I just don't understand yep. it. I don't yep. get it. It's like, why? Just let it go. Whereas Gen X, we didn't care about that stuff. It's like, we can take something as, you know what a movie is? A movie is a snippet in time. It's like a photograph. It's just a snapshot in time. There's some, there's things that happened before and there's things that happen after. But the movie is about what happens from the beginning to the end. And that's it. It's telling one story. The, and that's the way it used to always be. There was a very linear, linear storytelling, you know, narrative. And then now it's like millennials are obsessed with the, well, what about the backstory? And this all started, I'm just going back again. This is going all the way back to the friggin' Star Wars prequels, because that's all that was, that was about. Oh, let's go back and tell the story of what happened and how the, nobody gives a sh- that's the thing is people don't care about that. Like you really care that Darth Vader was a young kid running around yelling, yippee. No, you don't care about that. I wouldn't care how he got. I, the only two things I really kind of cared about was maybe how do you get all those scars and, and, and the breathing, you know, what happened to it? Like, other than that, like you take three, three movies to tell me that story. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know? So this idea of the origin story, you got to admit is like pervasive, in millennials, right? No, I I completely agree. That's a really strong point, and I've I've had discussions too with people where, um, like you know, say we did go see the Force Awakens or the Last Jedi. All anybody wants to talk about is like, so who do you think you know? Who do you think Daisy Ridley's characters, you know, parents are? Who do you think is you know? Where, what is Finn's origin story? You know, I'm like, I I, I don't want to say I don't care, but why is like the main thing that we're focusing on is like who are these people's parents and where do they come from why why does it matter like you, you know what i'm saying like i i don't care i don't care who boba fett's you know what his origin story is i just care that he's cool and he's in the movie now you know what i mean it's such a distraction because like um and and, and they're pandering to the audience a little bit because like you said there is such an obsession with the origin story that every movie now is literally just about putting in little pieces, little, um, you know, breadcrumbs to build out other movies. Your every single movie is just an advertisement and a setup for other movies. That's what it's about. As soon as a movie comes out, you can go on YouTube and you can type in the, the newest comic book movie that comes out and, and, and type in Easter eggs. And all it is is them just trying to dissect little pieces of information that the writers put into it that's going to tell you what's going to happen with the next movie or it's going to tie into the one before it. And nobody ever looks at comic book movies anymore as just a piece of standalone art. It is always like a stepping stone to something else. It's always building upon a different story. Um, it's just – I don't know. Like I – I can't I can't honestly look at like any individual movie that comes out and say like, okay, that in itself is just like it's canon. That is its own thing, because all these movies are intentionally left with kind of like a cliffhanger. And I want to talk about something else, too. So with comic book movies, I know this isn't with all of them, but with the vast majority of them, what kind of seems weird to me is so you have a character like a Spider-Man. Okay, I'm not sure what year Spider-Man originally came out. I mean, I can probably Google it really quickly while I stall, but Spider-Man's been around for a long time, and it's been, um, you know, decades and decades that he's had, you know, Stanley originally came up with him and the, the writer Steve Ditko. So I guess he first appeared in 1962. Okay, so for a long time, Spider-Man's been around. <laughs> they make the first Spider-Man movie. It comes out, and they introduce a a villain they introduce him and like his background and in the span of a two-hour movie they're supposed to give you his entire origin story they're supposed to build a universe they're supposed to introduce a villain and at the end of that movie there has to be some sort of resolution so they kill that villain 
that's all in the span of two hours, despite the fact that there is 40 or 50 years, you know, decades, hundreds of editions of character development of Spider-Man and character development of all these villains. And but because it's Hollywoodized and it has to be fit into a two hour little package, all of a sudden they're 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 I don't know. It, it just seems like a like a really cheap um, rendition of what the character is actually all about. You know what I mean? It is like it is the most uh, basic uh, lack of depth. And they're just throwing all that stuff in there just to make a two hour movie. And I, I if I were somebody that grew up with those, I would feel like it did a, a, just such an injustice. You know, it's it's really cliche and kind of like hipsters to say like, well, oh, the, the, the book was better. Well, no, shit, the book was better because there is no there is no limitation on a person's mind. You know what I mean? There is no budgeting costs. There are no production issues. There's nothing like that. All all that is limiting you is your imagination and what you can put down to a piece of paper. The same thing goes with comic books. You can make things as beautiful as the artist is able to, you know, make a rendition on, on the comic. There, you can make the, the the characters as developed or as underdeveloped as you possibly want to. Action sequences as cool as you want them to. There's no limitation. But whenever you put these in movies, I feel like a lot of the original magic of these characters is lost whenever you try to condense it into this this little parcel that is a two hour movie. What do you what do you think about that? So let me just just address a couple things. So when you're talking about the origin story and all this and how you know they're digging in, let me tell you how origin stories fly in Gen X. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little story. As I mentioned, okay. there was one comic book or there was one superhero movie in Gen X, okay? It was 1978 Superman, okay? And it was a big spectacle when it came out. And I saw it in the movie theater. I was eight years old, and I went, my mom took me to the movie theater to see Superman, this spectacle movie that was coming out. Everyone had to go see this, right? <clears throat> so we go to the theater and watch it. And me, like everybody else, the thing was, the way that that movie played was, and I don't know if you've probably never seen it. It's a long movie. It's like two and a half hours long, right? Maybe three hours long. And the first half of the movie is the origin Okay, it shows him as a baby and how he gets off the planet and then he comes down to Earth and he's a little kid and then he's growing up and he's a little kid. Then he becomes a teenager and all this. And it's not until he move he becomes an adult and he moves to New York, right, uh, Metropolis, and joins the, the newspaper or whatever as Clark Kent. Then it's like the whole audience is like, okay, now it's starting. Here we go. It's like the whole right. first half of it was just like, what the hell am I sitting through? I paid money to sit here for this crap. Get to the story. That's one of the reasons why Superman 2 was so much more popular than than the first one. Because Superman 2, right from the get-go, stuff's happening. You know, he's Superman and there's stuff going on and there's action and it's cool and there's a story and there's bad guys and there's him trying to, you know, fight the bad guys and losing his powers and getting his powers back. Right. Whereas the first one, that so that whole origin, they, they could have cut that whole first half of the movie out, started it right in Metropolis, and the movie would have been no worse for the wear. That's what the take my take on origin stories is. They're not necessary. They're not needed. And... I think, you know, when you, the other thing you mentioned about rehashing these and so much, it just kills me. Like, I mean, there was Batman in 1989, and then all of a sudden, not that many years later, then all of a sudden, they're rehashing this, and how do they rehash it? Christopher Nolan goes and makes this movie, um, Batman Begins. What is it? It's an origin story. Well, let's see how he began. Who cares? Like, just don't, don't, don't. <laughs> and again, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. That movie was, it was all right, I guess. It was nothing special. It wasn't until the next one came out, like you said, when you know, the Dark Knight, um, 
that's where things are happening. So that's why it was better. That's why people liked it better because there was actually stuff going on. There were stories you were interested in, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, and the other thing that I don't like is just rehashing it. What's going to happen? You, like you said, there's this plethora and there's, you know, this oversaturation of these movies. What's going to happen when they run out of ideas? Oh, you know what they're going to do? They're just going to go back and rehash them. And we're already seeing that. So Spider-Man came out in what, 2002, whenever it was, and with Tobey Maguire, right? And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they made Spider-Man, Spider-Man 1, 2, Spider-Man 3, done, right? Oh, no, now they're going to go back and they're going to remake it. And now it's uh, The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and The Amazing Spider-Man 3. What the hell? I mean, like, just leave yep. it alone. Leave it alone. I know, in the, in the past 10 or 15 years, I mean, you've had three or four different actors play the part of Spider-Man. Whereas like, you know, think about like a franchise, like a um, James Bond. Okay. Like I know there's been a ton of James Bonds, but they like each of them, correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't they in multiple James Bond movies? Like they were bond for, you know, two, three, four movies at a time. They had a chance to actually establish themselves. And like you said, you basically fly in, they drops you off and you are there and you are experiencing that. There's no backstory to James Bond. He's just James Bond. And, you know, sometimes I sometimes I like character development and I like to know exactly like why these people behave in the way that they do. Um, but like it is kind of weird, though, like like you said, Spider-Man's an interesting case because there's there's a weird ownership with Spider-Man where um, like I know it's bounced around where it's like uh, Sony technically owns the rights to Spider-Man, but it's it's a uh, you know there's multiple hands in in that and that's why i think a lot of the spider-man movies have been incredibly uneven as far as quality goes and production value um so like that's kind of like a weird example but you know just the fact that like i you know you mentioned toby Maguire. i don't know who the other spider-men are i can't, i couldn't name them like that's one of the most iconic comic book superheroes of all time and there's not a synonymous name attached to it you know what i mean because it's been remade multiple times in the last 10 to 15 years like i said um, it, I think it just takes a, a lot away from it by the fact that like you can't, you know, everybody knows Luke Skywalker, everybody knows Mark Hamill. You know, they did such a nice job of, you know, having those characters appear in multiple movies and like developing them as opposed to introducing a couple of main characters and then a villains and then always killing off the villains. Like in all of these comic book movies that we've seen in the last 10 years, Chris, can you name one truly great villain that kind of transcends multiple movies and actually sticks around? Not only that, I'll take it a step further. Can you name one really good actor acting performance in the main role in any of those? Do any of them stand out? No, they're all forgettable. Uh-uh. I don't even know who they are. Like you, you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned Tobey Maguire. He was actually pretty good. You know, like he, he's you. You remember him in that role. Some of these new ones, that like the Amazing Spider-Man and this Avengers and all these. I don't know who played any of these parts. Do you? I don't, none of them stand out. I'm going to go back again because. Just get off my lawn, young man. <laughs> I'm going to go back in time. If you go back to 1978, the greatest superhero, the greatest actor to ever play a superhero in any movie was in 1978. And that was Christopher Reeve. He was so, so good. He was so good as Superman. Totally memorable. Totally remarkable. He had humor in his role. He had everything. He he was incredible. And if you don't believe me, go back and watch 1978 Superman and especially watch Superman 2, the sequel. I'm he was so good. So good. Mm-hmm. You watch that. You, you the, What you're left with is his performance. That's what you're left with. Not all these shiny toys and all this, you know, CGI and all this stuff. You're left with his performance. He was a superhero. He was Superman. That guy, he was Superman for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Whereas these ones, it's all about, you know, unbelievable uh, CGI and stuff. Look, even when they went and remade it um, with uh, Brandon Routh, what was it called? Superman Returns. When they did that, he was about as charismatic as a cardboard box. And it was all <laughs> CGI and all these effects. And the movie fell flat because of his performance. Because he didn't well, bring it into to it. Fair, 
I, I have met some pretty charming cardboard boxes in my day, Chris. But, um, I, you know, to counter your point, though, like I'd, I, I always try to avoid painting with a very, very broad brush. OK, so I have, you know, I've mentioned movies um, in the past couple of minutes, comic book superhero type movies that were incredibly good as standalone pieces of art. Like I thought Watchmen from a couple of years ago, while it wasn't a perfect movie, I thought it was actually really, really cool. You know, it was based off of the graphic novel. That's, you know, one of the best novels of the last 200 years easily. It is absolutely fantastic. Like um, Logan, you know, starring Hugh Jackman in 2017, that was a comic book movie where they, you know, the studios actually took a huge risk and it was a rated R movie and it was amazing. You want to talk about just really believable, visceral, raw, you know, just painfully brutal, uh, just acting and the things that happen in that, that is a, I mean, comic books aside, even if you didn't know anything about the, the entire franchise and all the movies leading up to it, you know, all of the different X-Men movies, um, that movie in itself is art by itself. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I mentioned Wonder Woman, not a perfect film, but compared to some of the other, um, you know, productions that we've seen rolled out, actually like a really really good movie even from like a comedic standpoint um the original guardians of the galaxy the you know the the second one that just came out in 2017 was fine but the first one i had never heard of the franchise before in my entire life i took my wife to see it in theaters just because i don't know we just wanted to go out and so we picked a movie and was completely blown away by how smart and funny and just like a really original movie it was so I'm not I'm not going to, you know, completely brush aside the entire genre as a whole, because there's a lot of really good, you know, uh, ones kind of mixed in it. The problem lies in somebody like me, who's a layman when it comes to comic books and superheroes as a whole. I don't know how to discern the good movies from the bad movies ahead of time. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And I've kind of taken a step back from going to all these releases just because, you know, I went and saw the Fantastic Four from a couple of years ago. And um, I'm not sure what the Rotten Tomatoes is on it, but I'm not kidding, Chris. It was literally one of the worst movies I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, I watched uh, Suicide Squad with my wife. Didn't watch it in theater but we um, I think we rented it from the library or something actually Chris I'm, I'm not kidding this is something that has you know um, uh, Rob, uh, Robbie Margo it has like Will Smith it has all these insane actors this huge budget just tons of marketing and just so much behind it and it is literally one of the worst movies I have ever seen. So it's like, how do we know? It's like a, as a random consumer, you know what I mean? Like if I'm a, you know, a 29 year old guy that has zero interest in comics, if I'm a, you know, uh, how old are you, Chris? 52? Close. Oh, I'm, I'm 48. Yep. 48. Sorry. I thought you were close to my parents' age. No. Sorry. I'm not trying to shun you or anything. It'll make you, make That's you okay. mad. But, That's okay. I'll, you know, be like, lucky. I'll be lucky like, if I make it to the end of the podcast. I'm so old. <laughs> there you go. I have to keep checking on you just to make sure that you're still are you, Chris, um, are you alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. I'm still here. Hold on. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm holding on. Yeah. But like, how are you supposed to discern like what, which of these movies has value? You know what I mean? Like which one of I'll these are, are okay, you want to know? You want to know yeah. how you, how, how you know which ones are good? Go back and watch Superman from 1978. And then when you're done with that, go back and watch Batman from 1989. We've talked about The Dark Knight on this show before. We even reviewed it once. And yes, as you mentioned tonight, it was good. And it was probably one of the best of this genre of superhero movies from the millennial generation. But it's still not right. as good as Tim Burton's 1989 Batman. It's not even close. Tim Burton's 89 Batman was way better. And of course, I'm going to say that because I'm the old 52-year-old who's just yelling at kids. But no, it really is. You want to know what a good superhero movie is? Go back and watch that. that that's how you discern it. So I have a question for you. All this being said, sure. we've, kind of, we've kind of ripped on superhero movies pretty much. But in order to wrap things up, what's your favorite superhero movie of all time? Do you have one? I think it's The Dark Knight. Oh, that's a fair one. 
It's fair. I do. And, and you and you like it for all the reasons why we reviewed it. If you want to go back, you can listen to that show. I'm not sure what the episode number. You have to go back and check it on the website. Um, but we reviewed that show. Mine is Superman 2. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Man. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was so good. Right from the get-go, they're just flying. It's like all stuff's going on. The bad guys in it, there's like General Zod and Ursa Non. Oh, they're so good. They're the they were it's a tie-in from the original movie. They were like banished out into space and then they broke free and they came to Earth and they oh it's Superman 2 is so good. And again, it's in a way you kind of look at it, especially from you, Yancey, if I made you go back and watch it. Maybe I'll do that on one of our future episodes. I'll make you watch the show and let me know what you think. I think you'll go back and watch it and go, OK, overall, the movie's pretty cheesy. You know what I mean? It's from 1981. It didn't have a great budget or anything like that. But Christopher Reeve's performance carries the film. Like he is just so, I can't even explain how good he was. He, he, he was Superman. I'm telling you, it was so good. But uh, so overall, it's funny. We both kind of agree. The superhero films are not, you know, the greatest thing ever. They're not really in your wheel. And maybe it's, again, it's not a millennial or Gen X thing. It's just not something that either one of us enjoy. Me, I, I don't really enjoy them because we didn't really have them. <laughs> like I said, there was two, really. <laughs> three, mm-hmm. if you count Superman 2, right? There's three, basically, superhero films from Gen X. Um, but it seems like every second movie being released in theaters now is a superhero film of some kind. I don't know what they're going to do when they run out of ideas, start rehashing them all again. But then that's mm-hmm. why they make these the quote unquote franchises and all this stuff. Oh, it drives me crazy. But uh, anyway, I think now it's time to have some fun with Yancey. Okay, Yancey. Now we are going to play a, a game on this show that we have played before. I mentioned Pokemon earlier. And it's not it's not related to our topic tonight, but I would like to play a game, another round with you of Pokemon or Dread. So for those of you unfamiliar, <laughs> <laughs> Yancey's laughing because Yancey loves Pokemon. So um, if you don't know. Oh, and gosh. so we played a game on this show uh, before and I decided I'd, I'd sort of resurrect it again because much like our topic tonight, you know, they just do the same thing over and over again, right? So we're going to, you know, do the same thing. So with, with this game, if you're not familiar with how Pokemon or drug works, what it, how, this is how it works. I'm going to mention a name. And Yancey, you need to tell me if it is a Pokemon or a prescription drug, okay? Because Pokemon have these weird names and so do prescription drugs. And some of them you just can't tell, right? So uh, you, you understand how it works? I give a name, you tell me if it's a Pokemon or drug. It's 50-50, Yancey. You should be able to get this one. This is easy. Okay, are you ready to play? Yep. Just just as like a, a primer really quick for yes. the audience. I, I grew up with the original Pokemon, okay? Since then, there have been multiple, multiple, multiple generations of Pokemon introduced that I am completely unaware of. So, yes, I do love Pokemon, um, but that was like 150 Pokemon. Chris is... Chris is literally pulling up names that were like invented yesterday. So no. just bear that in mind. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, I'm gonna make it real. I'm gonna start with an easy one. Okay, Azumarill. Is Azumarill a Pokemon or drug? That's a Pokemon. It is a second generation Pokemon. Congratulations. See, I went way back for that one to make it easy. Okay, Fennekin. Is Fennekin a drug or a Pokemon? I'm going to say Pokemon again. Yes, it is a sixth generation fox-like fire Pokemon. Congratulations. Good job. Okay, Mesprit. Is Mesprit a drug or a Pokemon? A drug. No, it is a fourth generation psychic Pokemon. Sorry. I'm not sure about that. Okay, uh, Pegasus. Is Pegasus a Pokemon or drug? Pegasus. Uh, 
neither. No, I, it has to be one or the I'm other. Gonna, I'm going to say it's a drug. It is used to treat chronic hepatitis B and chronic hepatitis C. So you are correct. It is a drug. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's go with uh, Lurantis. Is Lurantis a drug or a Pokemon? A drug. It is a seventh generation grass Pokemon. <laughs> okay. Oh, damn it. Cafsit. Is Cafsit a Pokemon or a drug? A Pokemon. It is a medicine used to treat sleep apnea in infants. I'm sorry. You're incorrect. <laughs> Dustox. Is Dustox a Pokemon or drug? That's got to be a Pokemon. It is. It's a third generation bug, pie, uh, bug poison Pokemon. So there you go. Uh, v- Vibrava. Is Vibrava a drug or Pokemon? Of all the names you listed so far, this one can really go both ways. Um, I'm going to say a drug. It is a third generation ground dragon <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> all right. Trevenant. Is Trevenant a drug or a Pokemon? A drug. It is a sixth generation ghost grass Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) How about Gaddix? Is Gaddix a Pokemon or drug? What is it called? Say it again. Gaddix. Gaddix? That's got to be a Pokemon. It is a prescription medication for adults with (laughs) with short bowel syndrome. (laughs) Uh, Okay. What about um, Ablavar? Ablavar. Is that a drug or a Pokemon? Ablavar. Ablavar. I'm going to say Pokemon. It is a drug used for vascular imaging. (laughs) (laughs) And one final one I'll throw at you. Uh, Zovarax. Is Zovarax a Pokemon or drug? Zovarax. A Pokemon. It is a drug used to treat genital herpes. Oh, my. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah, look it, it up. really is wild how these could go both ways. <laughs> I know. It really is crazy. <laughs> That's the best part. Oh, man. The, the marketers of these drugs, like, you're like, you know what? Let's name it whatever you just said, ox dust or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's that's what makes the game so fun. And even for a Pokemon enthusiast like yourself, it's pretty tough to tell if something is a Pokemon or drug. It's pretty tough. It's pretty tough to find. So uh, anyway, thanks a lot for playing along. It's always a lot of fun when we have fun with Yancey. That's for sure. OK, so it's the time of the show now before we wrap things up for me to throw a movie to you. And then the movie, you got to watch it and come back next week. And we are mm-hmm. going to review it. It is a Generation X film. It is a 1985 Gen X classic. Okay, and it is, are you ready? The Goonies. The Goonies, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, We're going to come back next week and talk about The Goonies. I'm very curious to know um, how you, a millennial, what your take is on this movie. And uh, for myself, obviously, a Gen Xer, this is a Gen X staple. It is like a Gen X classic film. And let me tell you, uh, the movie means a lot to me personally because I definitely have a history with it. I I actually was in the movie theater in uh, 1985. I was 15 and I took a date to go see it. (laughs) It was our first and only date after we watched that movie. She's like, I'll never go out with you again. (laughs) Well, to be honest, I, I think you're better off without her. Yeah, it worked out okay for me. So things worked out good. But uh, so you got to watch uh, The Goonies and come back and we'll talk about it next week. And until then, this is Chris McBrien for Yancey Eaton saying thanks for listening to Pop Culture World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Thank you for listening to the Pop Goes Your World podcast. 
continue the conversation on Twitter at McBrien or at Yancey Eaton. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. Music.